You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm one of the co-hosts of this wonderful podcast. On today's show, we are back in season review mode, and that means we're doing Justin Holiday. What happens next for the Pacers' Iron Man? What is his second year of a three-year contract and third year with the team look like? What are, what are good and bad moments from the season? And of course, we'll start with a stat in one word about him. Before we get to that, I do want to say if you're looking for any kind of free agency preview or draft preview or uh, Rick Carlisle converse, or, uh, conversations, uh, check out some of our previous podcasts on this Locked On Pacers channel. We've got all those shows we've been doing, um, some kind of combination of, of one of those shows for the past week or two. So check out previous podcasts. Obviously, I know we are in a transition period for the Pacers right now. They just hired a new coach less than what now we're looking like 10 days, 10 days ago. So if you're new to this channel and trying to kind of catch up to the Pacers offseason, check out some of our previous podcasts on Rick Carlisle, on the possible 13th picks. Pacers can make in this year's upcoming draft and a free agency preview, which we did on Monday. But to Justin Holiday, and I have, uh, I don't think I've nicknamed this, and this is a pretty obvious nickname that you can find pretty much anywhere from anybody. But Justin Holiday is the Pacers Iron Man. And I think the way to describe his most recent season with the Pacers is durable. We put it in one word. Holiday played in all 72 games for the Pacers, he's played in every single game the past two seasons for the Pacers. He's actually played in every single game in four, I believe, of the past five seasons. And the only season he didn't was 17 where he played 72 games. But he put 82 in his combination with Chicago and Memphis. And then in 16-17, he put 82 with the Knicks as well. So uh, he has put together a run of um, being remarkably healthy and, and good to go every single night. For the Pacers, he saw an increase in... In points per game this season, he went from 8.3 in 1920 to 10.5 this season. He saw a slight decrease in his uh, shooting percentage. He dropped from 43% from the field two seasons ago to 41.3 last season. He went from a 40% three-point shooter to a 38 uh, in about the same free throw percentage at 79%. A lot of that has to do with his minutes increase and his shift to what was the de facto small forward shooting guard at times, depending on the injuries. He ended up playing 30 minutes a game this season compared to 25 two seasons ago. Uh, and he took 8.7 shots versus 6.7. Holiday stepped into the role for uh, basically originally for TJ Warren and then a little bit for Karis LeVert slash Victor Oladipo, depending on um, when that, you know, what point of season we're in. He stepped in to become a starter. Uh, and he obviously, I don't think, was as effective. I think, you know, raw numbers-wise, he was better, but he was less efficient. Just slightly, not a ton, but a little bit less efficient. Um, I don't think it was as good defensively because of it as well. I mean, look at his defensive rating uh, went up a decent amount. A part of that was who he played with, right? He was playing in a lot more of those two centers, which were not very um, efficient in general for the Pacers on the defensive end. So not his uh, his like best you know efficient stats year, but a really good year for him considering Holiday has basically gone from a borderline NBA player for what two seasons ago. Like he barely. He basically barely got a contract with the Pacers in 1920. I think he ended up signing, you know, late in free agency and for, I don't think it was the minimum, but was a pretty low amount. 
at the time and wasn't even guaranteed a starting role. To now, I mean, he is pretty much a guaranteed starter in this league. I mean, even this last season, I say he was super efficient. He clearly can step into a starting role at times and be adequate, which is what you want out of a basically a guy who signed to a bench contract. Right? He's on this. This was the uh, the first year of a three year, eighteen million dollar deal, um, which was a just frankly a bargain for the Pacers. I thought you know for sure heading into last season he would be looking at a upwards of $10 million deal, but he clearly wants to be with the Pacers, which is something that you can't say for every single player in the league. Um, and that's a, certainly a valuable thing for this Pacers team. The fact that Justin Holiday wants to be in Indianapolis seems to like being there. Um, and he's kind of found his, his, I would say kind of home in, in Indiana, just as that kind of like sixth, seventh man slash fill in starter. When any, you know, when it anywhere from a two to four is basically out at any moment, he struggles to play four. I wouldn't, you know, necessarily start him there, but he definitely can play shooting guard or small forward pretty seamlessly. If you go to this season and look at like his, um, really look at the last two percentage minutes by position. This year it was three uh, percent at point guard, thirty-five percent at shooting guard, and fifty-one percent at small forward, and eleven percent at power forward. Last year it was twenty at at shooting guard and 78% of small forward. So a little more even split this year between shooting guard and small forward. Some of that is obviously Karras um, playing this season and having, I guess, like a traditional shooting guard, whether it's Vic or Karras playing something like 45 games versus like two seasons ago, it was basically like Vic played all of what, like 12, 15 games, give or take, um, uh, that season. So uh, for me, I, the reason I, I go back to calling – Holiday season durable. It's just because he was there. He was the, I mean, reliable is the word you could use for it, kind of synonym for that. But he was there. The Pacers needed him. He was playing games. He was he was a an adequate body. Um, do I wish he could go back? We'll go back to his role in the bench where I think he was like extremely good. Uh, yes, I think I think when he plays as like the seventh man in a combination next to McDermott and McConnell or whatever you know whatever point guard the Pacers bring in if they don't resign McConnell or McDermott. Um, puts Howard in a position where he's almost um, over or underpaid, right? Or he, where he performs better than his contract at his current pay. Um, you know, I could say at $6 million a year, he probably still isn't a bargain because he played so many starting minutes. But realistically, he wasn't that great. So I'm not sure like he's going to get paid starter minutes from anybody. But when he puts on the bench 25 minutes a game, he is super efficient. And, and usually if he's your seventh man uh, or seventh guy in rotation in your team, I think can be pretty decent. And that's where I hope he returns to next season because – uh, that's when the Pacers at their best, frankly, was when he was in those kind of bench lineups. But this year, um, you, you can't fault him for the, the slight drop in efficiency. You have to sort of just look at it in that context. Uh, I thought really interesting number um, when you kind of like break through his like shooting splits and just kind of um, like where he shot the ball from and how he shot the ball this season. If you go, uh, you kind of break it down by um, field goal percentage by distance, basically. Uh, you saw a slight increase in his uh, around-the-rim shooting. He went from 61%, or he shot 61% this season inside three feet versus 59 two seasons ago. Uh, some of that was um, part of it, he took less shots for three feet, but you saw an increase in his three-point attempts. Uh, obviously, year year over year, he took um, about three-fourths of his shots from three last year versus the year before, he took 68%. Uh, so what you're seeing, and really what you see from Holiday in general, is somebody who plays like the most modern style of basketball you can think of. He basically only, like if you look at his percentages, like 90% of his shots come from either inside three feet, the three-point line. He doesn't take a lot of mid-range, although he is pretty good. I mean, 
it, it, it faded late a little bit, and we'll talk about that, that in a second when we kind of talk about his good or bad moments. But he hits a pretty, he's a pretty consistent jumper from like 16 feet baseline. I mean, he was like money from that for a while. But in general, Holiday plays a style that, um, and I think he's adjusted his game to this in some in some way, or I don't know if he adjusted his game, but sort of adapted to it and figured that's how his, his niche for how he can kind of be a dominant player. League is just be like the the prototypical three and D player and the kind of player that like any almost any team would want be to you know shooting threes and shooting you know rim rim shots right whether it's houston whether it's milwaukee's in the finals right now as i'm watching it as i record this at uh about 10 45 eastern time on july 6th he's the kind of player who i think you take on any roster with any team he fits in seamlessly because he does the efficient things and he's pretty efficient overall when you kind of limit his minutes. So um, let's do this. Like I said, I, I call it a season durable. I think that's a great way to describe it. But I want to talk about his good and bad ones from the season because I do think he had some uh, some really awesome moments at times when he was really on fire. But uh, there is always some bad to go with that good. Let's do this. Let's take one quick break, and we'll talk about Justin Holliday's good and bad moments from his second season with the Pacers. But first, today's Locked On Pacers podcast is brought to you by our wonderful friends over at Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for the sports fan. Download today. The app is free. You can talk with all kinds of people, me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sports. I'll be hosting uh, Greenrooms about once a week on the Locked on Pacers channel. Check out our Twitter feed to see when those are happening. Likely will be a weekend one. I've uh, been a big fan of those Saturday or Sunday, but you'll see a tweet probably 24 hours in advance when there'll be a locker room. So check those out if you want to join our conversations. Green Room is the best place to start or join a joint conversation about the NBA, the NFL, whatever league you want to talk about. And there's fans just like you there. So you can do watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, react to the biggest news and rumors. And you can have a chance to talk to me, of course on our Locked On Pacers ones. So be sure to join us this weekend on Locker Room. Go to the uh, iOS store today. I think it's actually on all uh, iOS devices and get the Green Room app. And be sure to create a profile and link your Twitter to it. Join the join the, the leagues you want to you know get updates on. Follow us on Locked On Pacers because we can't wait to hear from you so you don't miss out. So plan this week, this weekend, to check our Twitter feed when we're going to be doing a Green Room. Green Room is changing the way we talk about sports. So to start the 2020-2021 season, Justin Holiday in his first 12 games got off to an incredibly hot start. He was averaging 10 points a game, but this point was not a starter, on 53% from the field, 45% from three-point line, and 73% from the free-throw line splits. He got off to an incredible start, uh, like couldn't miss for a while. It felt like he had, he put together, I think, in that stretch... He was playing only. He's playing about thirty minutes a game, so his minutes were up there. I think partially because he played a lot in the Pacers' comeback against New Orleans in the seventh game of the season. Uh, if you remember that game where he had twenty points, but he had five double-figure games. Uh, sorry, six in his first twelve, and he was like obviously on an unsustainable pace, but was playing amazing. He played really, really good um, in that. I believe in that Pelicans game as well as the following game against Houston. Uh, which is really good to start the season. And then he kind of hit a rough patch. And that's where things uh, start to take a turn. So he ends up t- entering the starting lineup uh, on the 10th game of the season. That's uh, right after they pl- lose to Phoenix at home. Vic hasn't quite been traded yet, but I believe <sighs> Warren is officially out. So I think he's starting to start. And they're starting to like not play his brother. I think he started a few games. So 
as a starter, he basically starts um, from game, let's call it 10, give or take, all the way until um, basically game 58 he's a starter uh, for at least for 40 of the 49 games. And his, his efficiency goes way down. All of a sudden, he's shooting 38% from the field, 36 from the line, and 79 from the free throw line, averaging 10 points still. But his shots per game went from about 7 to 9. So anything he made up in points-wise was lost in efficiency. Um, and he just wasn't as good, frankly. Then you get back to him being on the bench, which you get for the last um, 13 or so games for the Pacers. And he, he gets back to his um, kind of like pre pre-starting ways right in the last 14 games he shoots 46 from the field and 44 from three so it's pretty clear right where he should be playing as on on the bench 25 27 minutes per game like that is pretty obvious uh and you can see that when he does play those kind of minutes so he has the ability to play big minutes when he's on fire right so uh towards the end of the year when they lost to milwaukee he had a really nice night 26 points although my favorite i think my favorite game of the season for him had to be in that New Orleans comeback where he had 34 points, uh, where I think he was part, or not, sorry, not 34, 20, 22 points, look at that minutes wise, that was, um, where he helped kind of drag that team back uh, in that fourth quarter, partially, just by, um, I think he ended up starting the whole fourth quarter. It ends up being a lineup of, of him, McConnell, Turner, his brother, and I'm trying to think of the, if, was it Sabonis? Now, Sabonis didn't come in until kind of late in that fourth. Um, but that's where, I mean, that, that was the best, um, I think one of his kind of best moments of the season. Even though they didn't win that game, he was just really important in that quarter. He had a really good second half that whole game and helped drag them back, basically, when they were kind of, um, you know, dead in the water for like for a while. Another nice game he's had, I mean, he he. Does a pretty good job feasting on bad teams. Minnesota had 21 points. That was a, a nice win for the Pacers when they beat that T-Wolf team. Um, that was not the overtime win, but that was just kind of their their actual win because the overtime game was the one where Anthony Edwards almost made the game winner, and they won by basically a point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he had a, a he had multiple 20-point games this season, um, but those were kind of my two that stuck out for me. When it comes to low moments, I mean, there's a few you can pick out. Um like, frankly, he had a whole stretch in April, uh, right when the Pacers needed to kind of turn that corner where he just was not very good, whether it's the Atlanta game where he, you know, where he just, like, didn't, make any, didn't take any shots or the Spurs game where he couldn't make a shot for most of the night. Uh, Holiday has the tendency at times to sort of just kind of disappear where he just, like, won't take shots or can't make shots, so he stops taking them, and he's not enough of a presence defensively to really, like, be in nothing on offense. So then he just kind of like ends up not being out there and it just sort of like is a negative, but like a, like, like an, basically just like, you just don't know he's out there at times almost because he's, because he's not making a shot and then he can't do enough defensively because he's, you know, he's playing that position or whatever is not, you know, is playing, you know, when he plays with starters, his biggest struggle is he has to guard bigger players and it's hard for him where he does a lot better job guarding against bench unit guys because he does have the length to keep up but against starters it's kind of a hit or miss he can do it at times but he can't do it consistently um which is not necessarily a bad thing right he is a what we call a very 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 good role player isn't quite a starter but is but definitely is like a great seventh man um or sixth man on this team was two seasons ago at least um but to to me when we look at this kind of season for him and where he was kind of um good and bad he was good in the sense that he 
could step in when when it was needed. He was bad, then he just wasn't quite good enough to help the team probably become a playoff team. Right when he's starting, he's not he's not good enough as a starter to help you be a playoff team, especially when he at times was becoming like their third or fourth option because of all the injuries that added up. Um, but I think it was a good learning year for him for sure. I think what we'll see from Holiday is is goes back to the bench next season, and he uses this season as kind of like you kind of like using the test where he can then. Um, at times when there's a few injuries, step in the starting lineup and play okay, but is comfortable and understands that when he's playing 25 minutes a game, that's when he's golden and that's when he's at his best. That's what I'm talking about next is where we go from here with Justin Holiday because I think next season is going to be an interesting format. And, I, you know, there could be a question of does he remain on the Pacers? Is he invaluable or untradeable? I think the answer to that is no. But let's do all that next because first, his Locked On Pacers podcast is also Brought to you by our wonderful friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a limited time grasshopper cookie flavor available just this week. Get the new Built Bar flavor. And what does it taste like? Well, this is like a Built Bar version of a classic Thin Mint. All the flavor without all the sugar. It's 150 calories, 70 grams of protein, and 5 grams of sugar. And goes with their other amazing delicious flavors. They have nine kind of traditional ones and obviously all these limited time ones. So the Built Bar grasshopper cookie is like limited time one. But they've got everything from coconut Cherry Barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange cookies and cream, and German chocolates. Uh, those are kind of on a chain, so those constantly are rotating. So they usually keep nine main flavors, but they can change them up all the time. These things are always high in protein, are great if you're trying to lose or maintain weight. They're healthy too. They're my favorite kind of midday snack, right? And then between meals, when you're thinking about it, you need that protein bar. It's great because they're just enough calories, but not too many calories, and they're good tasting, and they're just just helping help you build muscle, especially when you work out. Uh, either in the morning or at night of that day. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, remember code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your next order. Remember code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next Built Bar order. Today's Locked On Patriots podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We've got the baseball season in full swing. we got the NBA Finals going, the NHL, Stanley Cup Finals. And you can bet on all that action and track it all on betonline.ag. The latest news, odds, and info for all your sport needs from the four major sports, as well as UFC and MMA action, before the next pitch, before the next basketball, before the next shot. Go to betonline.ag on your laptop mobile device and check out all the great news, bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sides anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as teams are prepping for the championship runs or in their championship games. Head to the website today, mobile device, and you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. And we are back. So where did Justin Holiday go from here? I don't think he is untradeable. I do think it would be pretty stupid to trade him unless you like have a for sure guaranteed um, replacement or a way to improve your team to a position that like you just can't get normally. Why? Because he makes $6 million a year. And he's worth more than that, and he's a great rotation player, and he's 3 and D, and every team needs 3 and D players uh, at any time all over the place. Sure, if you need his salary to fill something to get like a Damian Lillard, let's say, or pick your next other superstar, although I'm not, you know, ever getting Dame, frankly, check out our podcast from yesterday uh, where we break that all down, kind of the trade targets, who's available, who's not, what it would take, where the Patriots even get those guys. So check out that podcast. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's like the perfect 
modern NBA player, I, I you know, we I broke it on the stats. It makes sense, right? He he can shoot threes. He shoots a ton of threes and, and take a ton of ton of inside three feet shots. So he's always trying to find efficient plays. He's a, he's sizing him. He can play two, three, and a little bit of four if we need to. Uh, and he's not very expensive. And when he plays a limited amount of minutes, he's fantastic. Um, you know, when he's playing 20, 25 minutes a game, he's he's one of the 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 better um, role players in this league, frankly. And so. I wouldn't trade him. I think he can play a huge role in this Pacers team. I mean, especially, you know, if they don't sign, resign McDermott, he's going to become their basically probably sharpshooter in some ways. Um, the guy they run more three-point plays for all the time. Unlike, you know, where McDermott was kind of the guy they, like, the way Holiday plays off McDermott is they'll run plays just in Holiday, but a lot of times it was, like, running plays, at least in the past, used to be running plays for McDermott, then they would get Holiday as the second option open. But if they lose McDermott, Holiday will become their number one kind of three-point shooting option. And it makes sense. He's been the second-best three-point shooter on the team in the last two seasons behind McDermott in terms of pure percentage and, and, and inefficiency, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I, I would be surprised if he's not on the roster next year. Um, I think he fits. I'd be surprised not on the next two seasons. I'd be honest, he might be a pacer for like three or four more seasons, if he, especially if he's willing to take um, – what you call a hometown discount. It's not his hometown, but a Pacers in Indiana discount. He likes being here. He wants to be here. He seems to enjoy living in Annapolis. I know he lives somewhere, you know, in northern Annapolis, Carmel area. He seems to enjoy it um, a lot. And, and, that, and that's a big thing. Like, if a player wants to be here and he's good, the Pacers shouldn't say no. I mean, we've run an issue with Lance, right? Lance wanted to be here, but it wasn't very good. But Justin Holiday is a very good NBA player that almost every single team in this league would want especially considering his contract, right? And like a worst, worst case, if you if you decide like you're going to blow it up or whatever, I just want to be here, and like he throws a fit, he's not, the money he makes, he probably won't. You can trade him. He's got one of probably the most tradable contracts for like real assets. I just don't think you should trade him if it's like not for a specific reason, right? You don't just trade him for another player because you're not probably going to get a player of his caliber at that salary. But like if you need to package it to get something, I could see the Pacers doing that. Like, if they need to get to a certain salary number and Justin Holiday is the make-or-break player, you don't let him be the make-or-break player. But I think he's very good. I think he fits in this team. I think it's great to see him on this team, and I hope he sits on the team next year because I enjoy watching him. I think he plays a really good modern-style basketball, and I think he's just a utility player that the Pacers um, are hard to come by. It's hard to find guys like that, and it you know it takes um, somebody sort of improving outside like what you expect right when holiday came here i don't think there's any expectation that he was going to be the player he, he he was last season right i think there was this kind of it was almost kind of a flyer right it was a one-year deal it was could he play or he could he wants to be near his brother the pitch have the room they you know they had the i forget if they sent him to a mid-level or whatever it was they had the ability to sign him um because they had the roster space and the cap space so they might as well do it kind of thing um, and take a chance, and he wildly exceeded expectations, and then he decided to even take a, a, a discounted deal to stay here. So, um, frankly, I think you've just got to keep players like that, and it's good. You know, I personally like Justin Holliday. I don't have expectations of him being something great, but I understand of what he can do and the skills that he brings and how valuable he is. And also, frankly, I really enjoyed his um, bubble videos on YouTube. Uh, it was kind of hilarious to watch those during the pandemic um it was certainly an entertaining part of the bubble was watching him upload these videos especially watching him interview with his brother because it, it was just kind of funny uh the way he teased Aaron Holiday obviously because it's his brother he can kind of like push him and need them and whatnot but I I I enjoy Justin Holiday I think he's a good pacer player I think you know you can you can nitpick him on efficiency and being able to be a starter and whatnot but that's not what he's been brought here to do and I'd love to see him at his role next season where he's playing back to where he was 2019-20 and having a superb season and shooting lights out and um, really kind of 
becoming one of the better 3 and D bench players in this league. Love to hear your guys' thoughts on Justin Holiday. If you want, give them to us on Twitter at LockedOnPages is our Twitter handle. Me at MattFreeMadam5. My co-host, 26T East MBA. As always, we're bringing this show five days a week. Tomorrow, Tony and I will have a show together. Let's look at the schedule to what we're doing. I believe we are doing... We are doing a free agency preview. So we're starting a free agency preview series. So we're doing point guards tomorrow. We'll do shooting guards next week as small forwards, or both those are next week and power forwards next week after that. The drafts are on the corner, so check out all of our uh, draft coverage and draft preview. And then we are now, I think, 24 days, 25 days away from free agency. So everything is picking up. Uh, we're getting we're getting towards the, the well, I guess the, in the, in, in, Racing, they call it silly season, right? Where like players, people, not players. Well, I guess in racing, there are players, but people change teams and the free agency stuff. But we're heading towards the draft and free agent, seeing the NBA. And that's always the most exciting part of the season for NBA fans and their teams and in the championship. So if you aren't a Suns or Bucks fan, it's probably the most exciting time of the season right now. So, Locked Pitchers have you covered for all of that coverage. Check us out there. That is all for Locked On Pitchers Podcast. We'll see you guys again 